Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. I don't know before these current events that are happening what your biggest fear is. It's interesting. They say that in America that the biggest fear that people have is spiders. And, um, and, and that was probably one of mine until... Uh, several years ago, I saw this TV show. Be careful what you watch on TV, by the way. And um, I saw this TV show where this guy kept exotic animals in his house. And he, he kept all these big snakes in his house. And he was gone one day. I don't know where he was at. Maybe work or school or whatever. And he came back from, um, from where he was at. And all of the snakes had gotten loose. And, and they were no longer in his house. And um, in fact, what they had done is the snakes had made their way into his next door neighbor's plumbing. And so that guy came home one day and um, he went to go use the restroom. I'm not trying to be too, too much information. I'm not trying to be TMI. But he went to go use the restroom and, and he goes and he's like doing his business. And all of a sudden that snake comes out of the toilet and bites him. And I'm watching this show. And can I tell you, for about eight months, <laughs> can anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever do like a double take? You're like, all right, all right. I don't want to illustrate anything for you. You get it. But you know what's amazing is like they say like spiders is like the biggest fear. People fear dogs and people fear all kinds of things. And, and what's interesting is when it comes to like spiders, you're really not afraid of the spider. What you're afraid of is the spider biting you and you dying. I mean, a spider's like this big. I mean, we're really not afraid of that. We're afraid of what would happen if it actually bites us. It's amazing because there's like over 300 million people that live in our nation. And I did some uh, research, and here's what I discovered. Out of 327 million people in our nation, um, last year, only six people died of spider bites. Seven people from snakes. 21 people died from dogs. Like, you should be more afraid of dogs than spiders. <laughs> Some of you are like, I am, Pastor. I know. Um, listen to this. 53 from de- bee stings and 54 from lightning strikes. Well, what, what is crazy is when it comes to this concept of fear, of how we place the object of our emotions and everything on this concept of fear, and how in reality... Fear, if it dictates our decisions, I'm not saying that we be naive. I'm not saying that we don't use wisdom. But what I'm proposing to us today is this. Many times what fear does is suggest something in its worst case scenario. And as long as fear is suggesting things to your heart and to your mind, our minds can go crazy. And what we find here in scripture is that the disciples are are fearful. But what I love about the word of God is that Jesus says a lot about fear. And I want to help us today because Jesus gave 125 commands in his life and ministry, 125 commands, 21 of those dealt with fear where he commanded us, do not be afraid. In fact, the most repeated command that God gives us. And God gave us commands knowing what today would bring, knowing what this week would bring. God gave us commands knowing what's going to happen in the future, even when we don't know what's going to happen in the future. The number one command that God has given his people all throughout scripture is this. Don't be afraid. 
I find comforting in knowing that about God's word because here's the reality. At the core of fear is a lack of trust and a lack of trust in ultimately who God is and what God has said and what God can do in our lives. And I believe that we see four things here in scripture with these disciples going through this storm that I want to help us out with today. And if you want to write some notes down, I would encourage you to take something out of your purse, your pen, whatever, and write some notes down. But number one, I want you to remember through the storm that we were in today, because we acknowledge today that there is a storm that we're in. We're not going to dismiss it and be like, oh, you don't have faith. If you no, no, let's acknowledge that we are in a storm. The disciples acknowledge they were in a storm. But I want to give you four things to remember, four declarations. Remember, a declaration is not a description of the problem, but a declaration is saying, I'm going to put my faith in God, and I'm going to declare some powerful things over my life. Is anyone ready today to declare some powerful things in their lives? Number one, I want us to declare this. I am led. I am led. Sometimes we have come to this belief that if we follow Jesus, that we will never be led into a storm. And that is not true. In fact, scripture says this, that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. So even as a Christ follower, I mean, right now, what we're facing as a nation, what we're facing as a society, it is affecting the righteous and the unrighteous alike. But the difference is this. The difference is, as a Christ believer, when stuff is happening to you, you don't have to allow certain things allowed inside of you. You see, when stuff is happening to you, my question is this, what will you allow inside of you? You see, as long as fear is external and we don't let it get to our heart, fear is only a suggestion. But as long as you... As you keep fear out there, you can protect your heart. But here's what I know is true. When you let fear into your heart, fear is no longer a suggestion, but now fear begins to present things as fact. And if you begin to act on those facts, then your actions begin to show where your faith is. Did you know that fear is not the opposite of faith? Fear is not the opposite of faith. In fact, there are people that they put their faith in fear. Fear will suggest different things. And if we begin to move and act based on fear, then what we know is this, our faith is in fear. But how many of you know our faith cannot be in fear? How many of you know we serve a God who is with us, who will lead us even through the storm? Anybody here today ready to put your faith in God? You see, here's what I know is that we can be following God and we can be in the middle of a storm. I think it's interesting. Jesus, the Bible says, has been preaching all day long. You think I preach long. Come on, Jesus has been preaching all day. And he, he has his disciples and he says, hey, let's go to the other side, which means this, that them getting in the boat and getting on the sea was Jesus' idea. Come on, someone say, I am led. Which means this, Jesus set the course. Jesus was setting the navigation. He said, hey, I want to go down there and I want to go to the other side of this lake, on the other side of this sea, and I want you to take me there. Jesus led the disciples in the boat. He led them into the water and the storm did not take Jesus by surprise. Come on, say, I am led. You see, these guys were just following Jesus, but them following Jesus led them into a storm. Here's why it's so crazy about this. These men were fishermen and they were terrified, which meant this, that they lived on the boat. they had been in storms before. This wasn't their first storm. This wasn't their first catastrophic scenario that they have ever been in. Like they were used to storms. This must tell you how bad this storm must have been. 
And yet, even though that they were used to storms, they were used to the sea, they were used to boats, they were used to the ocean, they were so terrified of what was going to happen. I remember several years ago, I went on a cruise. I'm not a big cruiser. I don't like cruise ships because I, I don't like being contained in a space. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather fly somewhere and have freedom to roam than the cruise ships. And so we, I was sleeping one night and, and, and the kids were there and, and all of a sudden these alarms were going off and it, the alarms were going off and it was saying, put on your life vest. And I forget what code, it was a color, like code red, code blue. I don't know what color it was, code yellow. doesn't matter. Put your life vest on. I got fr- fearful. Come on, anybody ever been there before? And, and I'm scared. And like, all of a sudden, like it, it got really bad and like the waves were like really, and in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my Lord, we are about to sink. And there are sharks. And I've seen Titanic. Rose! You know what I mean? I'm like, we are not about to go down like this. And what's so crazy about that is that I'm on this huge ship. And, I mean, Jesus is there, but Jesus is not like sleeping in the bunk next door to me. And I am freaking out. These disciples are freaking out. And they were freaking out because they understood that the storm was bigger than they were. But they forgot that Jesus was bigger than the storm. They knew that, man, this thing that we're going through is bigger than us. We don't even understand it all. What's the future going to look like? But one thing that they forgot is no matter how big the storm is, our God is always bigger. Come on. No matter how much fear wants to come on. Come on. We can let faith come alive inside of us in God. So much so that, look, Jesus says to them this. Jesus goes, don't you even, or actually, rather, they're saying to Jesus, They say, Jesus, don't you care about the fact that we are about to drown? When I read this, I find it interesting that they had already put them drowning as a fact. Before they even let Jesus speak, they spoke for Jesus. I wonder how many times we take upon ourselves to speak for God. I wonder how many times our mind, our emotions, our fear, if we let it run wild, because I'm just like you, come on. Like we face like that, that tendency to let our minds go there toward fear. I, I want to encourage us in this season, let's don't fill in the blanks that God is wanting to write. Let's don't try to fill in the narrative. Don't let the enemy fill in the narrative of what can happen to you or happen to us. Come on, we need to let God be the author of the narrative of our lives. They say this, it's a fact that we are about to drown. What's crazy about this? Is that they're not questioning, can Jesus do something? What they're questioning is this, Jesus, do you even care? I find that in our society today, that's really where I'm hearing like a lot of people beginning to put their efforts. Even faith people begin to say, God, don't you care? Which reminds us the second declaration I want to give to you. Write this down. Not only am I led, I am led into this. Now you say, well, did God bring this? No, I don't believe that God brought this, but God is allowing this. And so we know that God is leading us into this season that we're in. God is leading us. He's with us on the boat. And we can take comfort in that because number two, I am loved. Not only am I loved, but I am, I am led, but I am loved. You see, they don't question his hand. What they're questioning is his heart. Because they have seen Jesus do miracles. They weren't questioning the power of Jesus to come through for them. They weren't questioning Jesus, are you bigger than this? Really what they were questioning is his heart, not his hand. They were questioning Jesus, do you have compassion? Jesus, do you care? In other words, what they were saying is, we know that God is able, but is God willing to take care of us? We know that God is able to preserve our future, but is God willing to do that? And I love Jesus' response, verse number 40. Then he asked them, 
Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So in the middle of this storm, Jesus is sleeping. In the middle of their worst nightmare, God is not panicked. In the middle of what is chaos in their world, God is fully at peace. You know what's crazy? They misunderstood his peace for his passivity. They thought because Jesus wasn't doing something that he must not care or he was just passive. But we should never misunderstand God's peace for his passivity. God is always at peace in the middle of the storm because he knows the power that he has to protect you, your family, our culture. Come on, our economic system. God is at peace. Can I tell you something today? I want you to understand. He looks at him and goes, why do you still have no faith? You know what's amazing about the story is I was reading this and studying this this week. The waves are crashing on the boat. The wind is howling. It is like thunder and lightning and Jesus still sleeps. Do you know what woke Jesus up? It wasn't the waves. It wasn't the lightning. It wasn't the howling of the wind. It was the whisper of his disciples voice. It was the voice of the people that he loved. I am led, but I am loved. Can I tell you something today? What moves the heart of God is not fear. It is the voice of the people he loves. What moves the heart of God in our nation? Come on, I believe that God can just do something miraculous through this. It's not all of the crazy scenarios of what could, but it is the voice of his people. Can you imagine how loud it must have been on the boat? And yet Jesus heard Peter's voice saying, Jesus, would you help us? Jesus is moved and he is stirred by the voice of those that he loves. Come on, does anybody here love Jesus today? I love this song that we sang over and over again, Jesus, Jesus. And there's a part of it where I'm like, man, we're singing this name a lot. But can I tell you, you can't sing the name of Jesus enough because there's something about the name of Jesus that just brings peace to a troubled soul. Come on. There's something about the name of Jesus. Oh, don't you know that the disciples were like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on. There's something about the name of Jesus that brings peace in the storm. But what we do is we freak out in the storm. We think, man, what can I do? What do you do when what you can do is not enough? You have to remember that we're loved. Come on, God loves you. God loves humanity. And even though the outlook or the future, we don't know, it may seem uncertain. One thing that we know is that God hears your voice when you call on him. And there's one thing that is certain is that you are led And you are loved. And number three, write this down in the storm. You are learning. You see, there are some things that you can only learn in the dark that you'll never see in the light. (laughs) Hello? How many of you ever got like, you ever like woke up in the middle of the night to go use the bathroom? You don't want to turn lights on. You stubbed your toe. I was talking to someone this week who I forget who it was. I think it was maybe one of our staff who they like, they like, oh, it's David Slayton, Pastor David's our Kindle location. And he, he like in the middle of the night, he like hit the, the side of his ankle. And he's like, I thought I had to go to the hospital. I thought I broke my ankle hitting it on the side of, I think he said it was out of his bed. You know, what's crazy. David Slayton discovered something in the dark that he will never forget in the light. 
You stub your toe on a piece of furniture, let me tell you something, whether it's dark or it's daylight, you know exactly where that thing is. Can I tell you something? There are, there are two things that the storm will teach us that we can learn from. Because we're all in a storm right now. We're not going to deny that. That would be stupid and that would be fake and that, I would be a phony pastor if I told you. We're not in a storm. But we are, but there's two things we can learn in a storm. Number one is this. We can grow in our self-awareness. Pastor David, what are you talking about? Oh, we have it all together until we don't have it all together. We're self-made and don't need God until we need God. We have the tiger by the tail until the tiger turns around and... Rah. I don't need faith until I need faith. It's amazing that in storms like this, this is an opportunity for us to grow in our faith and be more self-aware to say, God, I need you. And number two, what are we learning? We are learning things about God today that we've never known before about God. Come on, we as a culture, we as a society today, we are learning to put our faith and our hope and our trust in God. We are learning attributes about God that we've never seen before. Well, pastor, what are we learning about God? We're learning that in Psalm, he says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, it comforts me. Did you know in the Bible, shepherds would have a rod, it would be a staff, it would be a piece of wood that they would walk and they would protect their sheep with. And Every single time a bear or a lion or a tiger would come and try to steal the sheep and eat the sheep and, and the, the, the shepherd would fight off that wild animal. Every time he would beat that animal, the shepherd would take something sharp and put a notch in the stick. And so after several years, that shepherd would have this rod and this staff and he'd have all these notches all over. And what those notches would do, it would remind him of how many times he had already overcome something. How many times he had already conquered the enemy. How many times fear came at him, but he conquered fear. I'm here to tell you, this is an opportunity for us to put a notch in the stick in our hand called faith. This is an opportunity for us to say, my God has been with me before and this will not be the end or destruction of me. Come on, somebody needs to give God some praise here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some things about the storm that reveal to us the nature of God that we cannot see anywhere else. I can tell you that God is a healer, but unless you've been sick, you can't really know. I can tell you that God is a friend that sticks closer to a brother and you can hear that, but you won't really know unless you've been stabbed in the back, unless you've been betrayed. You can hear that God is with you in the middle of the storm, but you'll never know that unless you've been in a storm. I believe that we have a community of faith here at Brave Church that we're going to ride through this storm and we're going to get to the other side and we're going to say, man, our God was with us. We came through one of the hardest things that, man, fear was telling us. But look what God has done, how God preserved, how God protected, how God prospered, even in the storm. And let me give you number four and I'm going to close. I am led. I am loved. I am learning and number four, I am leaving the storm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so good. That's good, Pastor David. I know. Amen. Oh, amen myself. Come on, look at someone at a distance and say, I'm leaving. Some of you just looked at your spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, and they're freaking out right now. I'm leaving this storm. I'm leaving What's amazing is chapter 4 ends with the disciples on this boat. It ends, chapter 4 ends with them still on the boat in the sea. 
chapter 5, just a few verses later, begins with the disciples on the other side. On the other side of the storm. Pastor, where should my heart be? Like, how do I gather myself? Well, when you're in the storm, you take precautions. But we don't freak out. Because Jesus is with us on the boat. But what if today we could just begin to say, you know what? I I was led here. I'm learning here. I am loved here. But I know I will not stay on this boat in the storm because we will be leaving this storm. Oh, you see, some of you got this because here's what I know. When they get to the other side, they get out of the boat. Watch this. They come across this man who is tormented by demons. This is crazy. So they go through the storm. They get to the side. The disciples get out and they're like, man, thank you, Jesus. Man, you're awesome. We made it. All of a sudden, this man who's tormented with demons runs up to him. And the Bible says he's like cutting himself with like glass and things. He's like demon possessed. He's not in his right mind. And then Jesus looks at them. And together, man, they cast the demons out of this guy. And this guy is in his right mind. He's been totally restored, totally delivered, totally gets breakthrough, totally gets freedom. And watch this in Mark chapter 5, verse 20. So the man started off, this man who was demon possessed, to visit 10 towns of that region. And he began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Someone say amazed. At what he told them. Pastor, where are you getting at? On the other end of the storm was their purpose. Some of you still don't get it yet. So let me just kind of help us out. The boat that took them into the storm was the same boat that delivered them on the other side into their destiny. This boat was not a fishing expedition. In fact, the boat that Jesus led them into, the boat that they were loved in, the boat that they learned in, the boat that they were now leaving was not just a fishing boat. It wasn't just a rest boat where Jesus said, I'm tired, let's go rest. No, no, no. This was a rescue boat. And what they didn't realize is as they navigated the storm, as they put their faith in God, as they came through on the other side, as they were leaving the boat, they just now entered their purpose and their destiny. And some of the greatest miracles happened on the other side of that storm. Come on, I want to tell you something today. We are in a storm, but we are led. Come on, we are loved. We are learning, but we are thanking God that when we leave this storm, there's going to be purpose. Come on, some of your family members are going to get saved because of this storm. Some of you, your businesses will prosper because of this I'm here to tell you our destiny is on the other side I don't know what it looks like I don't know for how long but one thing I know that our God is with us through the storm come on somebody needs to give God a shout of praise I am led I am loved I am learning about myself and I'm learning that I'm just human and we need God and I'm learning about God I'm learning the attributes of God how good he is how merciful he is and then I know this I am leaving this storm and I'm entering into my purpose see some of us in this room you're going to find your purpose through the storm because some of you are going to serve and say hey I'll open up my home for a 
church for my family and some friends. This could be potentially the greatest opportunity for the church to be the church. Some of you have friends and family members. Like, like we're going to try to do church. As far as I know, church is on next Sunday. The only way we won't do it is if they make us not do it. But here, here's what I know. Some of you have friends and family members that will never come into a church, but they will go to your house and watch a message like this next Sunday. There's purpose in the storm. Come on, say it out loud. There's purpose in this storm. I'm not going to get bitter at God. I'm not going to question God. God, why would you allow this? God has allowed it, and we don't know why. Why did God allow there to be a storm with the disciples? Why couldn't he have just done it differently? I don't know, but he knew that they needed to go through this storm in in order to get to their purpose. What what if he needed to go through the storm so the disciples, man, they they were some rough dudes, man. Maybe they thought that, man, we could do this and we could live life without God. Maybe there's some things that God will chisel off of us in the storm. Maybe God wants to chisel some pride off of us in the storm. Maybe God wants to chisel fear. Maybe God just wants you to see how good he is. To see how unstoppable the kingdom of God is. You know, several years ago, Britton, my son, for some reason he was always afraid to go sleep alone in his bed. Not... And man, we don't watch scary movies. I hate scary movies. I hate horror movies. Man, I hate, man, I just, I don't even like CSI, y'all. I get freaked out. I get freaked out. And um, he was just always like scared to go to bed. And I remember I was putting him in the bed and he was like, dad, can you just lay down in my bed until I go to sleep? You know, and you know, I'm a parent like you. I've got a million things to do. And like sometimes that would take an hour and I'd lay there and he'd be laying there. I'm like, hey, Brittany, are you asleep yet? And he's like, no, dad. I'm like, oh. I'd lay there and I'd start hearing him breathing and I'd try to slide out of the bed. Dad, where are you going? I'm like, my Lord, go to sleep. And I remember one time I was like, I'm, not, I'm done with this. I got to teach my son not to be afraid. So I put him in the bed. I tucked him in, kissed him on the forehead and prayed over him. I said, all right, I'm going to leave. He's like, Dad, what are you talking about? Dad, no. Dad. I said, Brent, what are you afraid of? He's like, I don't know. I just, I'm afraid. I said, Britain, you don't have to be afraid. He's like, but I am if you leave. And I said, but I'm not leaving. Dad is going to be in the house. Just because I'm not in your room, I am still in the house. And Britain, I promise you, there's no one bigger or stronger or just sexier, but bigger and stronger than Daddy in this house. Just had to get you to laugh. Come on. There's nothing bigger, stronger than daddy in this house. As long as I'm in the house, you don't have to be afraid. So I tucked him in the bed, kissed him on the forehead, prayed. He's like, Dad. I laid down with him that night. And then the next day came, tucked him in, kissed him on that forehead. I'll never forget it. I went to go crawl into the bed. And he's like, Dad, no. And he starts pushing me off. I'm like, why? Literally, in one day to the next, he says, because I need space, and when you're laying here, I just don't have room. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Do you know why he had the confidence to go to sleep in his room from one day to the next? Because as long as his dad was in the house, he knew that he would be safe.
just want to end this message by letting you know your God he's in your house come on he's in your family and as long as God is in your house come on you're going to be preserved come on would you stand to your feet all across this room today come on isn't God so good with every head bowed every eye closed man I know some of you are here today and you're like pastor I can't see through the storm I'm here to tell you the storm is part of our story whether you like it or not it's part of your purpose it's part of all of our purpose beautiful thing about the storm is that you're not on the boat alone close to 2,000 of us that call Brave Church our home are in the storm together but the greatest person who's in the storm is Jesus I want you to remember four declarations that you just declare over your mind when you feel fear. I am led. I am loved. And it's my voice that wakes him up. I am learning things about God. And I'm going to leave this storm better than ever before. But pastor, what if? I, I, I know there are so many what if questions. But what if our faith was our first resort? What if faith was our first response instead of letting fear be our first place we go? Jesus, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for every person in this room. God, I just thank you so much that you are the God who is with us. You never forsake us. You never leave us. God, I thank you that you are preserving us. And I pray over this faith community, God, a protection. I pray a protection against fear. We are going to fight fear. God, we thank you that we're going to begin asking you, God, what opportunities are there for my family to find faith? What opportunities are you giving me through the storm to reach my destiny and purpose? Because God, what we know is every obstacle is an opportunity. Every fear is a place for faith to live in greater measure. So God, I pray that you would fill every person, every home in this place with faith and peace. And God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give God praise one more time. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.